So you think the Democratic Party cares about black people? I think I think it has to. Let's find a cleaner channel. If you follow me on social media, you know that in addition to being a multimedia journalist for the Long Beach Post, I'm also a sports journalist for various outlets. One of the most comical things I hear in that arena, especially when an athlete addresses any sort of social justice issue, is stick to sports, not politics. That always makes me giggle because it really is a sign of how little the general public knows about politics and how they really impact every facet of our lives. Redistricting impacts the resources your community receives. Property tax impacts the quality of schools our kids go to. Minimum wage is affected by politics. Zoning for housing and businesses, even sports betting. Literally everything in our lives is impacted in some way by politics. Don't get me wrong, I get it. I feel like I just recycled the last few flyers from the mound of political flyers I received from the last election. And I already have another ballot in my mailbox. Add that to the day-to-day -day hustle and bustle that we all have to go through, and it's easy to overlook how political power is crucial to creating the change we wanna see in our communities. Now, when it comes to the black community, the power of the black vote is appreciated and very much sought after. But that is where the commitment to the black community ends for politicians on either side. So when I met the president of the Greater Long Beach Black Democratic Club, Nigel Lefsey, I was curious, is this just another push to get black people to vote? Or is this a club that is going to provide the black community with the power to see actual change that benefits us? I was skeptical, but the club is in its infancy. And with any infant, the possibilities and potential for greatness are limitless. So today we will hear more from Nigel Lefsey and how he sees the Long Beach Black Democratic Club shaping the political future in Long Beach. We've had some amazing shows on our second season of The Word Podcast. We've also delivered news that is important for your life and communities in the Long Beach Post, the Business Journal, and the High Low. While this content is always free, it's not free to create. So please take a moment and click the red Become a Member button at lbpost.com. For as little as $8.99 per month, you will receive discounts on Post merchandise, exclusive members-only newsletters, and exclusive previews on special editorial projects. Everything we do is for you, but we can't do it without you. Watch this. You are now listening to The Word with Jackie Ray. All right, so you were born and raised born in... Born and raised in L.A., okay. but my family is from Harlem, New York. I'm actually the first one in my tree to be on the West Coast. Okay, so did you go to school in L.A. or Long Beach? So I went to high school in L.A. at okay. Brentwood School, okay. but I went to college in Boston. Boston oh, okay. Boston University, yeah. Boston is rough. Yeah, it is rough. It's uh, <laughs> It's got a lot of rich history, especially when you're you talking about black history, but it's also a very racist yeah, place. <laughs> you know, I, I'm kind of a U.S. history geek, mm -hmm. so I actually like being in Boston for that aspect of it, but it was hard being a black man in mm -hmm. Boston. It's still very much a segregated city. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's another podcast, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's a different, that's, that's, that's a different podcast. So yeah. going to school in Boston, you majored in what? what Economics. You okay. What do you do for your regular career? Yeah, now? I mean, I do so many things, as you may or may not know. So my day job, I do accounting. I work mm -hmm. at an investment firm in LA. My joy job, I DJ. I do, me and my friends, we started this company called Urban Society Long Beach, which is a local mobile entertainment company. We DJ weddings, private events, and we also host our own event, which you attended recently, yes. mm -hmm. Our and Brunch. Which was uh, fan 
fantastic. Very fun event. So it was fun. hot, but I appreciated the church fans. We paid for those fans. I was <laughs> glad we were able to. We knew it was going to be hot, so we, mm-hmm. you know, we ordered church fans for people to have. And I'm glad mm-hmm. you, you and uh, Atira were mm-hmm. able to come. Yeah. yeah, Long Beach Post was in the house for yeah. sure. That's yeah. how we met. So you have all these different ventures, and but you have a political interest as well. So you want to tell me how that came about? Yeah. So a couple of years ago, I actually ran for office. I ran for city council in District 2 here in Long Beach. And while I did not win or even make it out of the primary, um, I met so many folks during that time and uh, established so many connections after running for office. Um, I ended up becoming a police complaint commissioner in the CPCC, which is going through a lot of changes right now. And there's a charter amendment. And I just wanted to stay politically active Um, There's this new club, which I'm really here to discuss, called the Greater Long Beach Black Democratic Club. And back in March of this year, um, I became the president of that club, taking over for the previous president. Um, Her name is Molly. And I'm really tasked with building the club, um, increasing membership, um, and really just building the foundational infrastructure of a club that will be long-sustaining after I'm no longer the president. So that's really what I'm here to discuss is the Black Democratic Club. Okay, let's let's take a little longer, more scenic route sure. up to that. So, what made you want to run for office? Um, good question. I feel like I I wanted to do it so long ago that I don't remember. But <laughs> but um, going back to when I was in college in Boston, so I was there from two thousand two to two thousand eight, and two thousand four is when the de- is when the Democratic National Convention was in Boston. So that was happening while I was there that summer. And that's when Barack Obama made his famous speech at the convention. And that's where he really became a household name. And him actually becoming the president four years later, I'd be lying if I said that had no impact. I don't think that was necessarily the the, the triggered the decision. But seeing someone like him um, become the president, a lot of people say I resemble him. And mm-hmm. they, I, they rem, I remind them of him. Um, you know, seeing him rise to the most powerful office in the world um, it's pretty inspirational. Mm-hmm. So I, I figured I'd take my shot at it <laughs> several years later, over 12 years later here in Long Beach, once I settled down and settled, had roots here and all that good stuff. And so that's kind of, that's how it started. What's the hardest part about running for office? For me personally, um, it's the door knocking. Um, I find, I think I, I have more of an introverted, shy personality by nature. And so just going out there and introducing myself to strangers has been my biggest challenge. Um, doing it kind of made me get over it. You know, like everything else, if you just practice and repetition, you get better at the thing. And so I feel like I've gotten better at that. And uh, but that that for sure was the hardest thing. I feel like the knowing the city, learning my neighborhood, learning the issues of the district, that's the easy part, right? You guys at the Long Beach Post, you actually helped me with a lot of that because you report on all of the issues. And so learning the issues was the easy part, but getting out there and convincing people that you're the person to solve the issues or at least help solve the issues. That's, that's been the challenges, you know, the campaigning part is hard. (laughs) So how did, let's go from that moment, like getting out there, because obviously if you're going to be the president of a club, you have to be able to speak to, to people. Right. So how did that kind of prepare you and get you on the road to become the president of the black democratic? You know, I think the people that I did meet the connections that I did make while I was campaigning, people could tell that I care I'm well, I'm very knowledgeable of the issues. I obviously am passionate about improving the state of our city um, and my neighborhood in particular when I was speaking to District 2. Um, 
think people just kind of brought me on board. They took a liking to me. They, they, I guess I have this, sounds braggadocious to say it, but I guess I have this quality that people liked in mm-hmm. the political circles of Long Beach. And so um, when this club was created and started, and um, like I said, the previous president, Molly, could not necessarily dedicate the time to the club. Um, I was one of the folks who was kind of asked if I could kind of take the reins of it and kind of start to build it up and create, a, create, like I said, a long-lasting, sustainable club. So you were a member first? I was a member first. And as a member, what were some of the things you did? What were some of the things that drew you in and said, this is not only a worthwhile club, but this is a club that can't go away. So if this president can't do it, I need to step in. Yeah, so I guess we could take a step back and just talk about the, the mission, purpose, and goals of the club itself. There's three goals, really. So one is just to have organized and mobilized for political activities. Um, the club is chartered by the L.A. County Democratic Party. So as a whole, our club must align with the Democratic Party as a whole. Um, as we know, most black voters align with Democrats, even if they are not necessarily registered as such. They tend to vote for Democratic candidates and Democratic leaning policies. And so our goal is to really just increase and harness the black political power that we all have as individuals in our city and harness that, strategize it and target it toward advancing candidates and policies on behalf and for the benefit of black Democrats in Long Beach. Um, That's the main thing. And then kind of a secondary long-term goal of the club for me um, is to make the club a training ground for future black leaders, Um, Mm -hmm. young folks who like me 12 years ago when they see Barack Obama become president, um, who have political aspirations of their own, use use this club or have this club available to them as a resource where they can make the political connections that I had after I ran for office, but use those political connections so you don't have to have those challenges of campaigning or at least make those challenges a little bit easier once you start campaigning because you'll know people who are invested in the club, invested in politics and local politics, and they'll support you. Um, so that, that's the main thing. Harness black political power and have it be sustainable by having younger members who can use the club to their advantage to advance those same policies and candidates on behalf of black people and for the benefit of black people. So you think the Democratic Party cares about black people? I hate to sound Kanye Westy. No. But I, um, do you? That's a good question. <laughs> I think I think it has to. I think historically when black folks do not come out to vote, Democrats do not win. Um, when black voters showed out, uh, Bill Clinton got elected. When black voters showed up, showed up, Barack Obama got elected. When black voters showed up, Joe Biden got elected. When they don't, the other side, the other presidential candidate wins. So I think they have to care. Um, should they care more? Probably. But I think that's on us as black people to actually show our political strength by voting more consistently, not just when a president is up for election, but vote for mayor, vote in the midterms for your Congress folks. There's a lot. The voting is the easiest way to get politically involved. And as black folks, our ancestors fought and died for that right. We'd be doing them a disservice if we don't use the voting power that they fought for and died for us to have. See, I agree with that. And that's why I vote. But I I would have to say that voting for me has become very a a daunting task Mm -hmm. because um, as much as I love Barack Obama, he, by his own admission, is a centrist. You can't really be a centrist and have 
the issues of the black community at the forefront of your politics, which means we were left behind in his, a lot of his politics. Sure. Joe Biden said, I'm going to reach across the aisle, which means he's going to reach across the, to Republicans. Republicans, I don't care who's listening to this podcast, don't care about black people. Their policies show that. Um, when he was talking to Charlemagne the God about his politics, he ended that with, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Mm -hmm. Black people are tired of voting for people who are exactly what you say. Like they need us to win but they don't win and think of us. And I and I I've yet to see a representation and I'm I'm talking across the board. I'm talking president local. So don't think I'm discriminating and just talking about presidents. You you get situations where you want to put stuff like people of color in your policy. Black mm -hmm. people have a very different road, very different obstacles, very different history. So to loop to lump us into a group that says people of color is a disservice to the black community. I agree with that 100%. And yeah. but that is the norm. Just from all the work that I try to do to get people to vote, that that is is tiring to hear that oh your ancestors died for this because when you really look at it like our ancestors died so we could make change and the politicians that we have right now don't. So for me it was kind of like, ooh, it stung a little when you said we have to align with the Democratic Party. Because mm -hmm. in my opinion, the Democratic Party aligns with black people when we, they want to get black people out to vote, but don't align with black people when we have real needs. That's definitely a fair criticism historically and, and in a lot of ways currently. I, I It's a fair criticism. I don't even have <laughs> anything to, to add to that. Um, I agree with that. Mostly, I think... It's a long-term strategy where we must show our influence, show us voting consistently every time, voting for certain candidates who are as progressive as you might be every time, um, and not wavering. Um, that said, if someone as progressive as you might be is not on your ballot, I don't think you should not vote. Um, I think the primaries are where you would send your message individually, and if enough people align with you, then the more progressive candidate would, adva would advance to the general. And then, you know, the most progressive candidate should win because that would be a Democrat versus a Republican. And it, it's, it requires us voting regardless mm -hmm. of, of how progressive or cent centrist you might be. So I found myself in these circles trying to really get very educated, well-to-do black people to vote. Mm -hmm. And it was difficult for them to to think that their vote mattered because regardless of if they voted Democrat or Republican, they just didn't feel like the issues that represented them would be addressed. So when you're for, as far as your club, you know, outside of, you know, getting some of these candidates in front of black people or educating black people, how, how are you shaping the future? So the democratic party understands more than our voting power, but understands us as a people as well. Yeah. So that's a great question. So as so short term, we will be endorsing certain candidates for city council. Uh, we'll endorse in the mayor's race. We'll endorse for the LBCC Board of Trustees, probably the LBUSD and other local races. Um, so once we get through this election season after November, we'll endorse our candidates. We'll help them win. Hopefully everyone that we endorse wins. After that, it's got to be about policy. Now that we've got certain people in office, we've got to hold those elected officials accountable to the needs of black folks, at least members of my club whatever issues they decide to focus on. I personally think one focus should be our education system because there's a lot of disparities and resources and funding gaps and Absolutely. everything that you read about um, mm -hmm. with the education system. And so I think that's one area where 
if we can start to close that education gap by focusing on policies, by holding our elected officials accountable to those policies, um, that's that ought to be a long-term sustainable, you know, path on the road of progress um, for for black folks and harnessing their political power. You you mentioned something earlier that I agree with as far as I'm not 100% convinced yet that there is a party that represents us. Mm. Um, that being said, though, I don't think we as black people do enough to hold politicians' feet to the fire. Yeah. So after the election, we kind of just go, see, I told you, here's yeah. another politician that doesn't see, care. See you again in two years right. or four years, right? right. How, did, does your club kind of address that, that it's not just about voting, it's also holding politicians accountable? So, so me as the president, that's what the club has to be when it's not an election season. We have to, our membership has to be involved during the off season, so to speak, when we're not just leading up to an election, leading up to a November every two years. But there's that 24 month period in between where our legislators are actually making policy decisions. Um, one thing I, I kind of a tagline that I stole from a book um, when I was running for office was politics is about deciding who gets what, when and how. Mm -hmm. That's what policy decisions are. Right. And so during that two year period, right after someone gets elected, our club, our most active members who are also they're educated, um, well to do. Um, and also our younger members who are have the energy. We <laughs> ought to be holding those elected officials accountable. We endorsed you. You won kind of off the strength of our endorsement or off the strength of several endorsements you might have gotten. We're the group you have to answer to when you're mm -hmm. when some when some policy comes up how are you going to vote on that uh what amendments are you going to make to this because it's not fair to, to my club my like my group that my club represents that's that's what the club has to be um that's what most PACs do it's not just the fundraising and buying advertisements it's the the actual on the ground work in the city council chambers work um holding them accountable showing up to meetings um reaching out to elected officials directly because I should have a direct line to some of them as the president of this club. Um, that, that's what it's got to be. Mm -hmm. We've done a couple of stories on young people in our community really addressing the abortion issue, clean yeah. air issue, uh, gun violence. They've really kind of taken that charge. Um, and I think that older people, and I don't consider myself old, but I don't like, either, <laughs> but I don't either, but I meet young people and they're like, damn, you old. Are you old? I'm like, am I old? <laughs> we also have the the day-to-day -day tasks of working, taking care of bills and things of yeah. that nature. Yeah. So I think the young people are very important because they have the time yeah. as well as the energy. And so when you when you bring them into the club, what are some of the ideas or some of the the things that they want to see for the club going forward? So that's because the club is still so new. That's an area I still have to figure out. Mm -hmm. I, I still am trying to, I'm always thinking about how to recruit younger members to our club. Um, we've got ideas for it, but it's, it, I, don't, I don't even have an answer to your question yet because mm -hmm. I feel like our membership, as it's grown, it's mostly been word of mouth. And I know the people in my political circles, but they're all around my age, mm -hmm. around our age. Which is still not old, but it's go still, ahead. It's still not old, still not old, but kind of like, you know advanced in their careers mm -hmm. or kind of know what they're doing all their bills are in their name like mm, right. they have a lot of responsibilities I miss that the days when up. bills were in Man, my parents right? name Man, <laughs> right? was, those are the days those are the days <laughs> those are the days but the club has not gotten to a point or i should say we don't have enough younger members who are maybe still in college or maybe just out of college mm -hmm. or even just out of high school 
um, or maybe still in high school. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough of those members where I can kind of pick their brain. And you obviously have some type of political engagement because you joined this club. But what do you want the club to be when you're my age? I haven't haven't been able to have that conversation with enough young people yet. I would love to. Right. <laughs> well, if you guys are listening, young people, there you go. Here's your invitation. And then do you think that this, I think what attracts young people um, is knowing that this is a stepping stone to the next elevation or the next level in, in politics. Yeah. So do you think that your club, especially with the black community, I think we're so um, scattered as, as far as our voting power. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that your club can can really bring the black community together and give not only political power, but political understanding of how the political system works yeah. and how we can navigate through it? Y- yes, I do. Because our, our current club membership, I've run for office. Um, we have members who are previously chiefs of staff of city council members, current chief of staff of, of current city council members, um, people who are have done the work, whether as an elected official for, or for an elected official, um, where if we have a, a, a young people who have that uh, interest in being a politician or working in public policy or public administration or whatever, we have the network within our club to help them advance. Um, one thing that we know is our Caucasian counterparts, they have an ability, they have had an ability and the wherewithal to utilize their networks, whether social, educational, wherever, to advance their own careers, their own dreams, their own passions. And they, they've been successful at that since the beginning of time. We have to start doing that as black mm-hmm. people. And I think our club, with its own network um, of so many diverse perspectives and different career paths while we focus on politics if someone joins our club they might have a business idea we can introduce them to other people in our club membership who might be an investor in their business idea Mm -hmm. it's like it's not just a political thing though it is it's beyond that Mm -hmm. it's harnessing all of our power for political power whether that's economic educational just our people power our voting power um that's what the club has to be. And that's I, that's I what that's that. what it will be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love to hear that this club can maybe not to provide that financial support system, but if they can, yes, but definitely provide that networking and, and keep those dreams alive. Because I do think that if we have more entrepreneurs, more well-off business people, because I do think sometimes where we fail as black people is most politicians are financially obligated to somebody. Mm-hmm. We are not that somebody. Because we don't have the financial power to make them move the way that we want them to move. Right. So we got to start there, too. So that's part of it. Um, We are a fundraising organization. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully in years to come, um, we will have enough financial power behind our name and our club membership and our ability to gather voters. Um, We'll also have some financial power in our bank account, our club's bank account, in order to really get behind certain candidates and be one of those entities that a politician is accountable to and Mm -hmm. has to be accountable to. Mm -hmm. Um, Campaigns require two things, votes and money, not necessarily in that order. Right. (laughs) So while we can gather votes for free, because our club is still in its infancy, um, I do have longer-term goals and dreams for the club that we would have like significant 
money in our bank account in order to really get behind certain candidates who are speaking directly to our issues and mm -hmm. that we can hold them accountable to our issues. Mm -hmm. And that that's, like I say, I keep saying this, but that's really what the club has to be. It's, it's the black democratic club. It's for black Democrats and black issues that fall under the democratic policies. So I actually love that. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on the show is because the club is in its infancy. Mm -hmm. It's it's has this ability to grow into something that that can really be beneficial to the black community if black people get involved. So I yeah. wanted to make sure that the black community knew you were there. Thank you. Knew <laughs> that this was something because I think a lot of times, you know, we talk about what we need to change. But it, we forget that that change requires action. Yeah. And sometimes you don't know how to act. So I think being a part of a club like this will be very, very helpful. So how do people get involved and where? Do, how often do you meet? Give me the rundown on that. Yeah. So we meet once a month. Uh, generally, our meetings have been on the last Tuesday of each month, which is the Tuesday when city council is not meeting. Mm -hmm. We don't want to conflict with Smart. city council because if we have, <laughs> if you want to show up to a meeting, <laughs> right. like we don't want it to conflict. If we want to show up to a city council meeting, I should mm -hmm. say, we don't want it to conflict with our general club meeting. Uh, so last Tuesday of every month, um, you can find us on Instagram at glbblack. Dem Club, I believe is what it is. Our website is lbblackdems.org. Um, our website is probably our, the, the easiest, lbblackdems.org. One phrase I often hear when speaking to Black people about how we can push towards change is, we are not a monolith, which is true, but different ideas driving towards the same goal should be a thing. I recently stumbled upon an author I'd never heard of before named Jonathan Anthony Burkett. He's a self-published black author and probably someone most people haven't heard of, but he said something that stood out to me and I think it's fitting right now. He said, quote, I understand we all have our differences, but while learning about history, I've read about white people coming together, Jews coming together, different cultures and religions, understanding and coming together despite their differences. Slavery was never something that shocked me. What shocks me is how black people have not yet overcome the odds to stand together. Regardless of what your political affiliation is, it seems clear to me that Nigel Lefty is trying to create a platform where black people can stand together. So I very much salute him for that. So if you want to learn more, you can follow them on Instagram at GLB Black Dem Club or on their website at lbblackdems.org. Thank you so much for listening and make sure you come back here next week because you will meet a member of our unhoused community who is on track to turning his life completely around thanks to Duke Givens and the nonprofit organization Care Closet. Once again, I'm Jackie Ray, and remember if you have to speak a word, make it a good one. Mm -hmm.